Welcome to Solving for X. This is Elliot Holland. Let's begin. Episode 2. The Source. I can't wait to get into the subject. We are talking about the carbon cycle, sources of CO2 emissions, and how we might shape our society with this understanding. And of course, what we can do as individuals. Last week, we discovered how humanity has been controlling the global climate without knowing it by burning fossil fuels, deforestation, and emitting CO2. That has entered us into a stewardship of the global temperature. We discussed a paradigm shift from climate fatalism, false narratives, and the climate denial absurdities to adaptive paradise. In my opinion, the adaptive paradise perspective is the cure to any basic problem with the way people look at climate change. Basically, we left off last week with a call to action. To begin with the understanding that our role on Earth is to cultivate a robust adaptive culture. In essence, we need to be able to act and react to the shifting climate. The goal is to maintain a balance. Try to imagine a global society using renewable and nuclear energies or shifting to fossil fuels, depending on the CO2 readings. The goal of this show is to provide the knowledge, tools, and perspective needed to move forward on climate change in that direction. This message is intended to be empowering. It comes down to this. We must avoid polluting our minds with misleading theories and regressive philosophies on climate change. An example of a bad way of thinking is, fossil fuels are to blame for climate change. Or perhaps you might think, we are all doomed. An even worse idea is, it's all a hoax. All of that type of thinking is only going to make this worse. Way worse. Dr. Richard P. Feynman, theoretical physicist, is quoted as saying, if you can't explain something to a first-year student, then you haven't really understood it. That's what I'm trying to do. To explain things simply, so that everyone can understand. The common knowledge of climate change is simply CO2 emissions. We light things on fire, and they emit smoke. That smoke goes up to the atmosphere, and that makes the planet heat up. Cars, planes, electricity, and industry all make lots of smoke. A campfire makes lots of smoke. This is a laughable explanation, but it's also a good way to think about CO2 emissions. Fire turns into smoke, and smoke makes the earth heat up. What most people are not aware of is the amount of natural CO2 the earth emits by itself. I'd like to direct you to the NASA website, nasa.org, and pull up an article called The Carbon Cycle. Side note, it's difficult to use charts in an audio format like this, so I'll provide some links in the show notes for you to reference. If you are listening while driving or at the gym and your hands are busy, don't worry about it. I'll describe it to you. Side note on the side note. We live in an absolutely incredible moment in history. The universe has never seen something like this. Almost all the relevant information on climate change is available on the internet. Just about everything is available on the internet. The phenomenon of convenient information is absolutely transformative. The internet is an evolutionary jump in the human species. The wonder of the internet should be on the front page of the New York Times every single day. Anyway, back to the NASA website. They put out this article, The Carbon Cycle, 
about CO2 emissions? It's broken down by oceans, landmass, vegetation, and human activity. Think of it like this. There are three emitters of CO2. Oceans, land, and humans. In a single year, the ocean emits 90 gigatons of carbon, but it also absorbs 90. The land emits 120 gigatons of carbon, but it also absorbs 120. Humans emit 9 gigatons of carbon every year, and we absorb zero. It's obvious what the answer should be when looking at this chart. Humans need to absorb what we put out. That's what everything else does. So let's talk percentages for a moment. I know I promised I wouldn't talk about math, but let's just compare percentages. Natural carbon emissions from land and oceans is 120 gigatons a year. Humans are 9. That's 4% of global emissions. That might sound small to you, but think about it this way. All emissions are being absorbed except that 4%. So that 4% is actually 100% of the buildup. If humans maintain a 4% rate, in 25 years we will have emitted an entire year's worth of carbon that never got absorbed. That's pretty scary. You can see how terrifying this problem can become very quickly. But wait, how much carbon is up there in the atmosphere to begin with? Maybe a year's worth of carbon is nothing compared to the amount of carbon in the atmosphere. That's a good point. The way they measure carbon in the atmosphere is called parts per million, ppm. The atmosphere has been bouncing around 200 to 300 ppm for the last 800,000 years. Our current levels seem to be at 400 ppm. We are 100 ppm over our limit already. Before you start panicking, though, let me just say it's not that simple. This entire discussion began with the premise that CO2 emissions would heat up the planet. Some people say we don't really know if CO2 will cause heat spikes in the atmosphere. And it's true. No one can really say for sure. But it's likely. It's very likely. And more importantly, do you really want to leave it up to chance? Do you really want to use the globe as a petri dish? Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, pointed out this very fact when he said, This is the dumbest experiment in history. Given that the atmosphere is already 100 ppm over the line, this highlights the need for something we talked about last time, climate stewardship. The atmosphere is already way out of balance. Just stopping our CO2 emissions won't magically put us back in balance. Take a breath. We're not doomed. There is a solution. We have to recapture carbon if we want to fix the problem. We know exactly how to capture carbon. And even better, this solution is easy and free. No new discoveries or scientific inventions needed. It's already available. Can you guess what it is? Well, if you haven't guessed it, the answer to carbon capture is plant life, like trees and vegetation. Perhaps you remember the term photosynthesis. 
This is a critical part of the global atmosphere. And humanity can cultivate a balanced system using photosynthesis. We know how to plant trees and maintain forests. So don't worry. Carbon capture is a real thing that we can do. And we will talk about it in more detail. But before we run off and start planting trees in our backyards, we need to develop strategies before we move too quickly. Carbon capture is really the long-term solution for society, but it's a slow process. And to do that, we need more time. Essentially, we need more time. We can't turn trees on and off like a light switch. So the intermediate step to buy us more time is reducing our CO2 emissions. Maybe lowering our emissions for the time being could help. But where are they coming from? We could just shut everything down, but we're not going to do that. Let's examine the source of CO2 emissions in society. If we know where the CO2 emission is coming from, we can focus our efforts at reducing and replacing those sectors of the economy. So we'll need to reduce our CO2 emissions in two ways. Reduce our use cases and find alternatives to our current system. Simple, right? By reducing use and finding alternatives, we can continue to study, work, and grow as a society and gain precious time to develop a carbon capture system. So let's talk CO2 emissions, specifically in the economic sectors. On the EPA's website, there is an article called Global Emissions by Economic Sector. Yes, the internet is a marvel. The EPA shows the sectors of economy that are the most polluting. There is a nice big pie chart showing all the different sources of CO2 emissions. When you see it, it's obvious that half the pie is electricity and agriculture. Industry and transportation are the next two big ones. If you just take those four sectors, they make up 85% of CO2 emissions. Electricity, agriculture, industry, and transportation. I'd like to save agriculture and deforestation for another discussion. But for now, let's talk about electricity and transportation. Electricity and transportation account for about 40% of human CO2 emissions. It's important to understand solving one part of the economy has the potential to change other sectors as well. I bet you can guess where I'm going with electricity and transportation. The main reason why electricity is such a pollutant is because we use fossil fuels to create it. Transportation also uses fossil fuels. If we source all transportation with electricity and we solve the electricity problem, we have just simplified our problems. That means to say, if we had clean electricity and electric cars, then 40% of the CO2 emissions would disappear from human sources. Electric cars don't help the planet by themselves, but if the electricity is clean, they do. If we solve electricity, we solve transportation. So the obvious question is, how do we make electricity clean? Meaning, without CO2 emissions. This is where alternative energies come into play. Solar panels, wind farms, nuclear energy, 
and dams help lower CO2 emissions. Unfortunately, energy generation comes with an endless list of trade-offs. The critical piece of electricity is the consistency of the source. Wind and solar are good, but they aren't consistent. Wind stops blowing. The clouds stop sunshine. Wind and solar can't be primary answers to energy generation. Dams are great sources of energy, and they are consistent, but they destroy the downriver environment. Thermal energy, like a volcano, is a good source, but it's also somewhat unstable and needs more research. Nuclear energy is great, but it comes with fears of radiation and meltdowns. There is a great documentary on this subject of energy generation. It's called Pandora's Promise. It's all about electricity and alternative solutions, particularly nuclear power. It's definitely one of my favorites. Bill Gates has written many articles on the energy needs for the future. He's a great resource for this subject. It amazes me that one of the richest people in the world would focus most of his waking life trying to save the planet and save people's lives. He's a wonderful example of what a human can offer the world. How should society work? We could manage the CO2 levels in the atmosphere by managing our own output and recapture. Remember, the Earth is emitting CO2, but it's also capturing it. Humans only emit. But this leads us to a way of clarifying our goals. The phrase, stop CO2 emissions, should really be manage the CO2 balance. We don't have to stop driving cars if we recapture the CO2 emissions, especially if they're electric. Preventing CO2 emissions is a good thing, but it's only half the answer. The long-term solution is not reducing CO2 emissions, it's recapturing them when they go out of balance. The first goal for humanity should be to go neutral on CO2 emissions. But also, when the Earth starts fluctuating in one direction or the other, we have the tools to maintain a balanced climate, or at least slow the rate of change. This is solving for X. The X variable is the CO2 in the atmosphere from both humans and the Earth. We can solve for both if we stay focused on the goal, balance. This is what I mean by thinking from a bird's eye view. If we only look at human CO2 emissions, we will never develop intervention capabilities. And we have already tipped the scale way out of balance. Solving for X is really solving for multiple problems with the same answer. This is how we should think about climate change. Electricity is, in my humble opinion, the first priority, simply because it solves 40% of human activity. That would reduce our output and give us options for future fluctuations. It also buys us more time. In a broader sense, what can we do as individuals? Seeking out information is the first step. I'd say see the film Pandora's Promise. It's great. Another solution would be picking a utility company. Many electrical utility companies offer a green version of electricity. It's often more expensive, 
but it sends a message to utility providers that green energy is desired. Planting trees can also help. There will be more answers to come, but the real help is inspiring young students to study and pursue scholarships in the energy field. We need to install passion into our society for uncovering climate solutions. We must share the wisdom and knowledge we discover along our journey together. Passion really can change the world. I hope you are as passionate about this subject as I am. It's been an honor speaking with you. This is Elliot Holland, Solving for X. Solving for X.